Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Two-man show tonight. Tonight, I am joined by Mitch Sorensen. That is at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up? You know, we, we were talking to Dan last week about him having the time off. He was like, you know, I could probably sneak away and hop on for an hour. And we're like, no, like, don't do it. It's vacation time with the family. Spend it with the family. Enjoy the beach. Enjoy. Yes. I can tell you when I go on vacation, I'm not going to be thinking about you and Dan. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm oh, sorry. you will. We know you will. Yeah, I'll be I'll be jumping on. I'll be sitting in one of those uh, inner tubes in the pool, like spitting the water <laughs> out of my mouth, ready to talk some trades or, or something here. Before we really get started, we've talked about the combination of Dynasty Theory and Fantasy Football Confidential on one YouTube channel. We're going to be kicking out a ton of exclusive content, not on the podcast feed. So go over, check it out. You can search Dynasty Theory or Fantasy Football Confidential on YouTube. It will pull up. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. And then the Discord. We had, after last week's episode, we had a ton of people trickle in. And it was great to see people reach out. Hey, JB, can I have the, the Discord link? Absolutely. So if you listen to the show, if you appreciate the conversations going back and forth, if you disagree with us constantly, if you want to yell at us in the Discord, come on in. The water's warm. So Discord, let us know if you want to join. We'll send you the link. A free community. It's a lot of fun. All right. Tonight, another process and theory, philosophy-oriented episode, right, Mitch? So it's not going to be, and I know we're guilty of this too, but it's not going to be, hey, it's June. Who can we acquire? Who can we trade? There's a buy low right now. Yeah. And again, I we're guilty of that too, but it gets... A little tiring after all these months nothing's really going on so nothing really has changed so we want to talk more about our process two years ago mitch you said john i want to start putting together our tiers mm -hmm. and at that point you were really pushing tiers as opposed to running back one running back two running back three so on and so forth so i i, I want to ask you pick your brain why did you push for those your base rankings why did you want to kick it off so the biggest reason why i want to is because there's no tier based rankings out there if you go because you, you listen to podcasts now and everyone's like you need to use tiers it was a little less of a case a few years ago but i can't even tell you where to go online to find someone else's tiers that aren't ours just because i know ours are on the discord and you know where the links are located but as far as anybody else i have no idea i know i could find rankings but I know we're going to get to a little bit later, so I won't break it up, bring it up. But when I'm the reason why we started it is when you look at rankings and you look at tiers, I think rankings work so well in redraft, but I don't think they work at all in Dynasty. Oh, man, the overlay is, is killing this. But if you're on YouTube or if you're not on YouTube, another reason to come over, subscribe, check it out. I have my tiers up on the screen here. So. And again, the overlay is kind of killing the, the vibe there. So we'll we'll get out of there. But it is my pinned tweet. 
And once you push for that, I remember the first time we kicked it off, I was like, all right, Mitch, you, you put together your tiers. I'll go in there. We'll, we'll maneuver it. We'll have dynasty theory at the time. Uh, super flexology tiers, right? And wh- what did I say? Do you, do, you, do you remember what I said? I don't remember. I know what you said. So we actually did redid them again before we started our Patreon. I know at that time you were like, we have to let everyone know these are your tears. They're like, my name is not going on these. <laughs> and then I said, okay, I'll make my own. So yes. that was exactly, we, we split off, did our own tears. So mine are pinned to my Twitter and I love the idea. And, you know, as opposed to going through and, and, hitting on the the notes here let's just talk Mm -hmm. you know i think and correct me if i'm wrong mitch but i think the benefits like when i'm in a draft and i'm going through my tiers and i have and i've talked about this on guest spots i've talked about this on here so you may have heard this come out of my mouth before but for anybody that's just tuning in just to reiterate so you're going through your tiers you have six guys and let's say you're five picks away in your startup draft there's no reason to trade up and I see it all the time. You see it all the time. Somebody will trade up four or five spots and they're losing two rounds in the back end. And it makes sense if there's a tier break or if there's a quarterback run. But for the most part, if you stick to those tiers and you have your guys clumped together, it gives you a general idea. Hey, I can move back a little bit here and still be okay. Or I can stay put. I don't necessarily have to move up. And I don't know if you see it the same way there. Yeah, so here's an example I'll bring up off that. Let's say, so I do have CH and Ezekiel Elliott in the same tier. But if I actually had Dynasty rankings, I would have CH probably a couple spots above Zeke. But there are certain teams that, to where I believe I'm competing, that I would much rather have Zeke because I know those are guaranteed points and I'm not buying into, hey, CH could be really good this year. He looked good last year, but he could really blow up. We have a really good idea of how many points Zeke's going to score this year. And I know he's going to taper off towards the end. And so there's some teams to where, well, no, I would much rather have Zeke, even though I would have him ranked lower than CEH. So that's when you, if you have him in the same tier, you're like, okay, I could actually end up seeing myself moving CEH for Zeke in a certain situation. I, I love that comment. And again, just kind of spitballing here. And as I typically say, I feel like I say this every episode, you start throwing out great ideas and I just piggyback off of it. Much like anything I tweet, if I tweet something, 90% of the time it's something Mitch said, He, I just beat him to it. It happens. That has happened quite a bit before. <laughs> but I usually, I, I uh, tag mm-hmm. you in there. I say, hey, this is something Mitch said. Typically, after the fact. If people hate it, that's what I do. So you brought up, it doesn't matter what running backs, but let's say there's five running backs in there and one of them is somebody that you could see more as a win now piece as opposed to somebody that could certainly help you win now, but you like the the outlook over the next three, four years possibly, okay? I like the idea of like in startups or in an existing league, if I'm set for the, you know, 2022 and 2023, my picks are okay. I don't mind going the route of the more win now player. And that's something I've done in startups. I'm in one now. I picked up the extra 2022 first, picked up the extra 2023 first. And I actually, it's, you brought up Zeke and he was a player I went with late in the third round 
It's a heavy running back scoring. It's a 14 team league. And I went that route, but again, I felt comfortable because of what I was able to do with my picks in the future. Now, if I move my future picks and they're gone, I'm not as willing to go that winish now player as opposed to the player that I think could see a spike in value. Most likely player like Zeke, we're not going to see a spike in value. And I think that's fair. Yeah, completely fair. Now, you know, talk, talking about the the way to navigate and maneuver through your tiers, if you want to go win now, if you want to go a little more, uh, you know, future oriented, there's a lot of times somebody will reach out to me with a trade question, Mitch, and I'll say preference. They're in the same tier. And, you know, I, I don't know for you, is there a certain way you look at it? So you have uh, pick two players that you might have in the same tier. Um, I'm just looking through running backs, Josh Jacobs and ETN. Is that something, um, you know, so you get a trade question, you have them in the same tier. How would you help somebody navigate through that situation as opposed to saying, Oh, preference, whatever you want. Honestly, when it comes to that, I always, especially if I'm getting the question on Twitter, I usually go with the younger guy. So I would go with the ETN in that case, because you know, the value is going to be there. And so, because more, more than likely what happens when we get a question like that, it'll be posted as a Twitter poll. As soon as we answer it, it's like, no way. I want to see what everyone else says too. Mm-hmm. And you know, the vast majority of people on Twitter are going to go with ETN. That's the, it's youth or picks or quarterbacks. If it's a super flex and that's just how the polls go. So that kind of, you know, differentiating between players in a tier of the same position. I think that's the easiest way, mm-hmm. the easiest comparison. If you have, Hey, do you prefer player A or player B? They're in the same position group. That's easy to, to look at your tiers. The, the more challenging part is whenever it's cross positional and you're going from running back to wide receiver, wide receiver to quarterback in super flex leagues. And not knowing the league settings, not knowing the league dynamic. I think that's the most challenging thing. And I think people have to really consider that. And I talked about it last week in our episode about why people lose in dynasty. They don't look at the smaller sub market. And I kind of explained what I meant by that. So if you haven't listened to it, go back, check out last week's episode, but that is a key ingredient into looking at cross positional tiers that I think it's critical information. Yeah. So Here's a good example for me is say someone talks safe leagues to me, you know, there's Scott fish commissioned leagues that we talk about all the time. Like, Hey, I have a safe league and I'm trying to get this tight end. That's in the tight end premium. Now, are they in the safe league or are they in the DLF cups? Because there's a huge difference there. Not a lot of people notice because there is start three wide receiver in a normal safe league in the DLF cup. There's only two. Yep. And if you aren't starting two to three tight ends in those leagues, like you are just playing it incorrectly because that's what the scoring allows and that's how you should be playing it. But in a normal safe league, you have to start three wide receivers. So that completely throws that whole strategy out the window because you have to have three to four confident wide receivers where in the DLF cup, you only need two or three. So when you're looking at your tiers, it can't just be, hey, This is how my tiers are for every single league. You have to be able to look at it and be like, well, you know, this league is actually a little bit different. So I need to adjust my tiers this way. I am again, I'm glad you brought that up. I had somebody reach out via DM yesterday 
and they were in the third round and it was super flex and there were still players like, and as far as I know, it was pretty standard PPR super flex scoring. And like Trevor Lawrence was still there at the end of the third and all these quarterbacks and they had, I want to say they drafted Dak and like Josh Allen. Like it, it was Justin like, Herbert. I got the same message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, and then Trevor Lawrence, man, they didn't trust my opinion. They had to go to you. Yep. Or maybe they went to you and they were like, nah. More than likely, because I actually took a little while to get back to him because I was busy yesterday. Yeah. So I was probably the silver medal. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mitch didn't respond right away. So let me go to JB. But they were like, hey, should I go to another quarterback? And I was like, well, based on that league, you know, you don't want to be a prisoner to your tears, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I find myself doing it. I'm like, well, who am I going to draft here? Who am I? Well, let me look at my tiers. But then for a certain team or a certain league dynamic, I think that's the more important part. Maybe not team specific because you want to stay within your tiers. Yes. But if you have a league that completely devalues a position and it allows you to build in a different way, like if if I have pick, I'm just going to 110 and 203 right and quarterbacks are slipping in the the top of the draft but there's a running back i really want maybe i go running back first and then Mm -hmm. quarterback in the second because of the way the draft is gone so i'm going against my tiers but i believe i can pick up and maximize value after the fact and i um you know I, i all these different philosophies and the ways to look at it i would say like what percent of the time do you think you get a question and you stick to your tears. Like let's, or does it just depend? I would say it depends, but a lot of times it is based off my tears because, you know, we have a question on here about expected productions versus market value and kind of how I see it. And that's, that's kind of how you differentiate your tier from someone else's is there's that market value aspect and how much I like the player that's in it as well. And so I have someone like Devonte Adams really high still. And I'm like refusing to move him because I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to be the quarterback there next year, but everyone else has moved him down and moved him down for a right cause. But in my head, I'm like in two weeks, that could be completely different when Rodgers comes back. Yeah, it could be. And I think we're going to get, when we talk about the discrepancies, you're going to call me out on a player and I think I'm going to end up agreeing with you. And that's what's so nice about rankings and tiers. We have had so many good conversations in our discord on Twitter with very intelligent people. And there have been situations. I know, I know people think, I know Mitch, you think this, and I'm stubborn and my, my wife might agree with that, but there are times that I will shock people. And I'm like, you know what? You're right in this situation. My perception of this player X and Kyler Murray, perfect example. I had him in a tier below like Josh Allen, Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert, but that's not the way the rest of the community feels. And we're putting our projections together for the 2021 season and they are supposed to be objective. And I know their, their objective is possible because we have Kyler Murray outscoring Patrick Mahomes, which is, it was very close last year, but the fact that we had that there with the inputs we have, I'm like, okay, if that's the expectation, there's the market value. We have the production. I need to change this. So right away, slid Kyler up one, actually slid Russ up one too. And you've been preaching about Russ. You've been telling me, hey, JB, I think you're too low. 
And finally I caved and then I started to pivot and, and get some trades done involving Russ because I think there was that market inefficiency there when you look at him. But you I made d- some great trades this week for him, just moving off like the Allen, Herbert, and picking up someone really good to go with Russ. Yeah, because in th- this is a really good segue and you already brought it up a little bit, but market value versus production. And I'm not talking about a Julio Jones. Oh, he could be a wide receiver 18 this year, but I'm talking about a Russell Wilson or somebody that can maintain value three years out. Okay. So go go ahead. I was just going to say someone who I think is a perfect example of the market value, but what we read on Twitter is CD lamb, CD lamb. You will hear a lot of people say he's the wide receiver one. I mean, we've seen it on Twitter. If not, you know, it was three weeks ago. They said it and they changed their mind since then. But when you look at market value, no one is paying the wide receiver one price for CD Lamb. Like, Not even close. I can tell you, I haven't seen one trade for him that I'm like, oh, wow, someone really paid that much for him. It's usually like, oh, yeah, that's about what his price is because no one is giving up the Devontae Adams price from last offseason. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something to where. Market value is so important. We can look at it and be like, you know, this guy's young. We expect this to happen. But if you aren't going to be able to get the trade done for that price, then he shouldn't be in your first tier because then you're just going to be losing value keeping him there while other people are trading down below you. So how do you balance it then between production and and the market value? Like one example, and I know we're talking about some higher tier players here, but the talk of the town every offseason is Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. And every offseason, he creeps up into that top 12 dynasty discussion. And that's typically where he goes. But when you look at production, and there's several factors at play. So this is not a pro or anti Joe Mixon mm-hmm. on the football field take. So don't think that. But how do you balance that personally when you're doing your tiers, when you're looking at your tiers? Because ideally, we're giving people a framework here. You know, we're not trying to convince anybody or change anybody's ideas, but we want to get people to think. So if somebody's putting their tears together, production versus market value, how do you balance it? It's tough. I actually probably put a little bit more into the production side because I have Mixon. And, running- and, and I'm the other way. Yeah, I have Mixon at running back 15-ish. You know, I have him close to Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders. And I just have a lot of backs up ahead of him that I just can never see myself moving them for Joe Mixon. It's just, and that's the problem when you get into your own personal tiers, you look at this because I'll go through each tier. Will I trade this guy for this guy? And if the answer is no, then I have to drop one. Mm -hmm. And when I go down, I'm like, so I have Ezekiel Elliott above him. I won't trade him for Mixon. I won't trade Gibson for him. I won't trade CEH for him. And so then I have to drop him at that point. And, he ends up at running back 16 because he ends up next to those other guys. How do you look at, so looking at production versus market value, and you seem to stand on the more production side, and I'm more on the market value mm-hmm. side. But again, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it necessarily. It's You're going to have your personal views and your personal values, and that's okay. I have people reach out, hey, I think you're too low on this player. And some pe- players, I'm like, no, I'm taking a stand there like because I just don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. So this is the way I go through drafts. This is the way I look at trades. And you talked about it. Would I trade player A for player B? And if that answer is no, you drop them down a tier. But when I'm doing my tiers, would I add something of significance to this player to get to this player? And that's when it gets tricky because there's some, it's like, 
I ultimately would be content. And that's when I get in trouble mm-hmm. because then I get a tier of 12 guys. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah, they're <laughs> close enough. Yeah. But as you can see, if you, if you've checked out my tiers again, they're posted on Twitter. They're my pinned tweet, Mitch, you kind of talk me. Cause at first I was like, Oh, Mitch, you like to have these bigger tiers. You're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa your tiers are bigger than mine. So I went through and I actually started to reevaluate them. I was like, no, no, I, I would add something to this player. Um, so I, I just, it really is interesting. We could go on all day mm-hmm. about that. So last thing, uh, one of the last things here for the process, because I know how I view this. So I want your opinion first and you know how I view this, mm-hmm. but you have a player and the production is there. And uh, let's talk about Jalen hurts player for, for example, production is there the expected production is there if we get what we saw in that minimal sample size last year managers are going to be very happy in 2021 but there is that risk side of it how do you balance that and weigh that when doing your tiers because for well i'll let you start dude that one jalen hurts is so hard for me like he was one of the guys to where i'm like He's going in the first to second round of startups right now, but I can't see it, but I know his value's there. And so I just slowly crept him up a little by little until I just got to the point to where like, I can't take Hertz over Baker Mayfield. Now I'm not even a Baker Mayfield fan, but like, I just can't do it. And so that's the point to where I'm like, okay, I have to leave him below the Baker. Um, Deshaun Watson is in that tier right now, just because you don't know what's going on. Mac yep. Jones. Like I just can't take him over those guys. But if he hits this year, then I'm going to lose out because his value is going to be up close to Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. Yep. And that, that comes down to job security for me. And it's tough with other positions like wide receiver, running back, tight end. You could always find another job somewhere in the league. Quarterback, it is so limited with the 32 quarterbacks across the league that if Jalen Hurts especially with Philadelphia situation, they have three first round draft picks next year. If they are in a situation and, and Jalen hurts, doesn't lead them to a somewhat solid 2021, he could be a top five quarterback. They could still have a terrible season. And that's where for me, and it's funny because you said, Oh, well, typically I'm more risk averse. Like I'm the one that does not want to take on a ton of risk but even I have Jalen Hurts higher than you. Yeah, it's really more with me with older players. Like you're more than happy to get the older ones off your roster like Julio, right? I still have a lot of Julio on my teams, but I'm just okay with him kind of riding into the sunset at that point. That, that's a really good point because if I show you where I have Julio Jones in my tears, people, they might- You can't scroll that far. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my finger hurts. The, the, the people might not be too happy because of where I have him. But again, if there's any chance to cash out in a player that I kind of see that way right now, Adam Thielen, Mm. and I expect that production, we have him a little over 200 PPR points in 2021, but at the point where he is now, so the, the age kind of ties in with the risk a little bit um, versus the more stable asset uh, player that we think could rise in value because that certainly has an impact as well. The I, I mentioned the cross positional tiers, and yeah, you you're a lot more on top of that than I am. When my tiers, like my tier two of running backs, don't match up 
value wise with like my tier two of wide receivers. And I think you're a lot more on top of that than I am because I haven't figured out a good way to do it yet, to be honest with you. Well, I will say there are situations where it, it like my wide receiver tiers compared to running backs, it gets a little haywire. Like my tier seven running backs actually line up with my tier four receivers because yeah. of how I value the position. So there is that discrepancy. Um, but the big thing, like you're, I guess this really comes down to league dynamic, but how are you differentiating your tiers? You have this group of wide receivers lined up with this group of running backs mm -hmm. gun to head. Like, what do you do in a draft? What do you do in a trade? Or is that just where, because they're, they are in the same tier team building league dynamic plays such an important role. Yeah, it comes down to league scoring, to be honest with you. I'm okay. not even worried as much as what other people are doing at that point. I'm looking at league scoring, and that's in startups. That's my most important thing this year is just making sure I'm nailing the scoring because there was leagues last year. Scott Fishbowl last year is the perfect example. Like I flat out failed because I didn't do a good job. I think I ended up with Baker, Daniel Jones, and Gardner Minshew. With even if oh, Minshew wow. had a good year, like those aren't the quarterbacks you want in that league. And so as much as it is looking through my tiers and getting the players I like, it's understanding the league scoring more than anything. And that, again, that, that will play into the tiers. And the way I have my tier set up, it is super flex, start two running backs, start three wide receivers. So if I'm in a league that starts two wide receivers, maybe I fade the position a little bit more. And that's something to keep in mind because I know a lot of people, they've been checking out the tiers. I had somebody tweet at me that they were going to do their own tiers based on our format. They got busy. They didn't have time that they're in a startup. They're using my tiers as their, their guideline there in the, like in the framework. So hopefully knock on wood, hopefully it works out for them. But when you're looking at these tiers, it is not the, you know, Bible. It's not, this is absolutely how it has to go. Mm -hmm. Like I said, depending on the, the, the situation, maybe I have a quarterback above a running back, but I go the running back first because of how the league has been going or because I have five quarterbacks in the same tier still while that's the last running back. And it depends the last time you updated it. We were talking pre-show. I haven't updated mine in three weeks and I think they're all trash right now because I just haven't <laughs> had time to update them. But that's, how on top you need to be on it in Dynasty. If you're going to keep your tiers, you have to keep them updated because just little news blurbs. Like how many leagues did we see Golden Tate picked up this week? Because, you know, he said he's good when he's older. And I saw him picked up in three leagues today. He is like a fine wine. I'm yes. drinking, I think this is a Merlot. I don't know. It's. I'm just happy it's not from a box. Like this, mm. this wine is actually from a bottle. So we're really classing it up here tonight. So we talked about the processes. We, we could have spent so much time on the processes and covered so much more. So if you have any questions, if you're putting your tiers together or you have a question, hey, why do you have this player above this player, this player equal with this player? Why is your wide receiver position so much lower overall than running backs or quarter or, or whatever the situation is, reach out to us, ask us, because again, I had somebody reach out to me. They asked me about Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. And they were like, JB, you're one of the few people that I've seen have Justin Herbert in a tier above Kyler Murray. We had a very quick conversation. I told him, you know what? Flat out, this is going to be getting updated here in a minute. And I think that's, uh, you know, picking each other's brains and getting, 
into those discussions. I think they're very useful. One other thing with my tiers, Mitch, I threw in future picks. So in in a quarterback tier, where do I have the 2022 random, uh, a random first, a random second, a random third? So again, not necessarily locked and loaded. This is 100% what's going, what I'm going to do. But hey, I'm in a startup. And I did, I have my cross positional view and my startup view. So I have 101, 102, 103. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, 706. That's kind of where the 2022 first kind of slides in a little bit and you see the tiers. So there's a lot of good stuff going on there. But we do have a few discrepancies that I wanted to talk about. And I said, Mitch, check out the tiers because I, I if if I'm correct here, I think you told me you printed out my tiers and they are hanging on your ceiling above your bed. I think you told me that. I do. Yeah. And it's actually the background of my phone as well. So each time I open it, I could just see the greatness that is John's tears. Perfect. And that's what I like to hear here. Yeah. So, but there are a few discrepancies and you mentioned the one name Devonte Adams. So because you're the one taking objection to these players and by the end of this, I might say, yeah, Mitch, you're right here. So Devonte Adams, what's your issue here? All right. So, I people adopt Devonte Adams because they think Rogers is leaving. I think we're to the point now to where we could all agree Rogers probably isn't going to go anywhere. And if he does, it's a retirement. And I don't think any of us can really see Rogers being the guy that's like, Nope, I'm not playing football anymore. Like I personally don't see it. So I, I have him with Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf. And honestly, I should drop DK Metcalf down one because no one's paying that price for him. Like I brought up earlier, that's fizzled. Hasn't it? That kind it of, has. yeah, that is fizzled. Yeah. But like I put him there because he's just that physical beast, but we're not here to talk about him. Devante Adams. Like he is literally the league winning wide receiver. He's one of the very few that could win your league, but you have him down with, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Jamar Chase, I mean, it's cool you have him by Hopkins, but you have like C.D. Lamb up ahead of him. And I can't see a world to where I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to trade Devontae Adams for C.D. Lamb unless I'm getting some sort of future pickback with it too. Because I'm like, hey, I'm going young here. I'm probably rooting my chances to win this year, but I'm getting C.D. Lamb and I'm getting X on top of it. And I understand that there has been, I don't know if you've noticed, but I keep kind of looking over here. You do. There is a spider. I just I just got him. Oh wait, he's still alive. Shit. <laughs> shoot, shoot, I mean, shoot. Sorry, Dan. Um, he, he was like floating because I'm I you know the, the the dynasty theory Pittsburgh office. It's down here in the basement. I've been, I've changed my setup around. I don't know how many times, but there was a little spider hanging down. So I got him though. I got him. We're good. Uh, if I turn into Spider Man tomorrow, you guys will know why. So Devonte Adams. I love Devonte Adams. I have the jersey sitting over there. Yeah. But I guess I don't love him enough that I couldn't keep him in the back wall here. So Devontae Adams, it comes down to the fact, yes, there are question marks around this situation with Aaron Rodgers, but he's also going to be a 29-year-old wide receiver, and he he could do it for another two, three, four years. That's not the point, but this is where the risk comes into play with the market value for me. And I think that's more than any, you know, that comes into play so much for me here because before all this Aaron Rodgers stuff happened, I had Devonte Adams and Tyree kill as my top tier. And I, I wasn't wavering. I went on, I did guest spots on different shows 
and I said that, you know, Devontae Adams tier one, but now, especially with the way he's valued and the way we're seeing him slip in startups. Now, mm-hmm. could people like me look like complete morons come this time next year or in six months or in two months or like you said, in two weeks, they're like, hey, Aaron, we signed a five-year extension. Boom, done. Well, now Devontae Adams is going to get bumped up, but it just comes into the risk conversation for me. And who do I believe can maintain their value has a better chance of maintaining the value over the next two years, Devonte Adams or DK Metcalf. Justin How much Walker. do you weigh that compared to trying to win a championship in the league? Cause I do agree in two to three years, CD lamb will probably have a higher value than Devonte Adams, but are you losing out on a chance to win a championship having CD lamb instead of Devonte Adams this year? Because like, I think we could both agree that Adams is probably going to produce more than CeeDee Lamb as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. Yeah, you're not going to get that pushback from me. Oh, man, the championship. I don't even know See, what that th- That's a problem, right? It's because what teams that you have Devontae Adams are, do you think are actually out of the championship run this year? If you have him, you're probably pr- feeling pretty good about your chances in the first place. That is the... I always try to get it takeaway and we always talk about actionable advice and suggestions and in the discord on twitter we always like that's why i I started doing the russell wilson pivots because Mm -hmm. that took over the discord for like three hours oh yeah Yeah. and it was a very productive day i got four trades on involving russell wilson but that stemmed i i didn't wake up thinking oh i'm gonna get these trades for russell wilson done it stemmed from those conversations and now my homework is to go back, look at the teams I have Devontae Adams because I have significant roster ship mm-hmm. and see where I have him. Where can I pivot? And do I want to pivot? Because maybe I look at it and I say, this team, it's a start three wide receiver league. Devontae Adams is going to stay on my roster. But it also the, the point, Mitch, and this is why he's a little bit lower for me, because I know the market for him. It is non-existent. I think the market's non-existent for 99% of the wide receivers. I mean, I haven't seen Tyreek yeah. Hill moved in one league this offseason. And yeah, he yeah. ain't hurt for Mahomes, you know, for a quarterback because he has Mahomes there. It's the wide receiver market is crazy low right now. I mean, what can you actually get for Michael Thomas? I can't even tell you a running back I can see traded up straight up for him right now that I would want. Yeah. No, that, I mean, it's a very good point. And we've been talking about the wide receiver landscape mm-hmm. all off season. So it really ties in with the the depth of the position. And I see two drink. I see your question. Yep. Our man two drink. We got to get him back on the show eventually. Yeah, he's awesome. That was a lot of fun. So what about trading Devonte Adams for what level of quarterback and super flex instead of getting wide receiver plus a pick back and the way I have it. And I've done this trade. And if you uh, might take a few days to upload on the DLF trade finder, but straight up, I did Devonte Adams for Jalen hurts. And it's funny. And Mitch don't even say it. Well, John, you just talked about risk and now you go and get Jalen hurts. I, yeah, it was kind <laughs> yeah. of, that was rough, man. I don't know what to say about it, to be honest with you. I, I still like the trade. I, I still like it. I, I just, I mean, I'm going to venture a guess that your quarterback situation probably wasn't the greatest in that league. I'm just going to, it was, it was garbage. Yeah. I'm just going to venture. And so, so that's the thing with Superflex is sometimes you have to do that. 
Like you just don't have a choice. And that's why we love Superflex leagues because there is there isn't any other league format to where you could see Devontae Adams being traded for Jalen Hurts. But since it's Superflex, it could happen. And I'm looking across the board here. Deshaun Watson is in that territory. Mm-hmm. But again, risk. So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. It's you know, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hag, Mr. Doc Jekyll yeah, was the doctor. That one guy. Was it Dr. Jekyll? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. And then the other quarterback I have in there who you think I have a little bit low is Tua. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw someone bring up something like Stafford for Adams in the, in the chat, but you have Tua below Tannehill and Stafford. And I still have him right next to Burrow. I don't think we saw enough from Burrow to be like, you know, he's so much better than Tua. And I don't know if we didn't see enough from Tua to be like, he'll never be where Burrow Burrow is. And so in my view, that's where the hard thing is for me is because if you're going to have Tua below Stafford and Tannehill, I don't see how you have Burrow that much higher than him. So is your issue the, like, is it a combination of? It's the combination of like, Tua's too low. But if Tua is down there and you are adamant that's where he is, below Stafford and Tannehill, I have a hard time putting Joe Burrow that much further ahead than Tua. For those two specifically, it comes down to ultimately what I believe their ceilings to be. And for Tua, even though we're we're starting to go through our projections, Tua is looking pretty good. Tua is looking very good. I I mean, and Burrow will always look good in projections just because of how much they throw. Right. And I think that that ultimately that's what it's coming down to for me. But again, the market a little bit as well. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of a shift. I know I see the comment in the chat two a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, two was slowly creeping because no one wanted him in January. And now he's like just slowly coming back up. Yeah. And I think he's starting to get a little bit of hype and, and he's being discussed a little bit more this offseason. And the draft didn't help. Or mm-hmm. Sorry, scratch that. The draft didn't hurt. You know, bring in Jalen Waddle. Uh, you bring Will Fuller via free agency and there's a lot of it. Travis Etienne. There's excitement. Um, wait, I'm, who am I talking about? Holy Tua. cow. Travis Etienne. I'm thinking about that box of cards. I opened up a few weeks <laughs> no ago. No idea where you were going, but no, I was just here for the ride to be honest with you. I'm, I'm like, just hey. naming, I'm just naming uh, players in Florida. You know that Javante Williams, you know, he did pretty well at UNC. <laughs> Tua and Tom Brady, they're going to rock and roll together on the same team. What the heck? And this is only, I've only had one in glass. What one? In, oh my God. Good luck on the open bar tonight, man. One and a half. What is wrong with me? Anyway, so th- that's the way I'm viewing Tua and Joe Burrow and the, the mm-hmm. difference there. But I could tell you right now, I'm taking part in a draft and I took Stafford over Tua. And immediately I was like, ah, so I could see by the end of tonight, Tua getting bumped up. Yeah. One tier, at least at to least two Stafford. See, I, I could right. see that one, to be honest. I could see having Burrow just a little bit above, but mm-hmm. having Burrow so far above. And the one other one that I think that I wanted to bring up, because Dan was giving you crap for this one. You had Darren Waller down a tier below Kittle, Kelsey, and Pitts, and he was giving you a little mm-hmm. bit of crap for it. And then that night you're like, fine, you bring Waller up. But that's the issue that I have because you have Waller next to Pitts, Kelsey, and Kittle. I don't think 
there is a dynasty player in the world that is the biggest Las Vegas Raiders fan that will trade their pits for Darren Waller. I, I don't, but you can't. So now this is where it's kind of the other side production and hype in market value. You can't get Kyle Pitts for anything. Today. I know. So yeah. he's kind of the tight end one, even though we don't expect him to be the tight end one. Right? So the, the tight end <laughs> position, it comes down. So it's funny because across the board tight end, I'm weighing, I think productivity or expected production a little bit more than maybe some of the other positions. And so even though they're in the same tier, you would be willing to add to Waller to get up to pits. No, no. Would you trade your pits for Waller? No. Now I'm all sorts of confused, but I'm not, I'm not adding anything to Waller for pits. Hence why I would have them in the same tier, but even within a tier, if, if there are situations, if two players are put in front of me, I'm, I'm sure I have a preference mm -hmm. and that is the tight end one is just fun to bring up because I'm kind is. of in the same boat. Like it is. you have to put pits in your tier one, but I don't expect him. I actually, I don't expect him to outproduce Hawkinson this year, but, no. but like you can't have Hawkinson above pits because there is no one who's going to, you know, trade that Waller is in. I'm frazzled here. Waller is in, and you're asking the tough questions, right? Tonight. This one's the you're tough one. The Waller is in that top tier because of expected production. Kelsey is in that top tier because of expected production. George Kittle is in that top tier because he also has the expected production, but we have seen his value maintain itself through a season ending or, mm -hmm. you know, missing most of the season. And then you have Kyle Pitts. Yeah, there's that expected production, but I don't think maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think people are thinking he outproduces Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller this year. Let me rephrase. That. I'm sure there are people that think it, so Pitts is up there more for the market value because I don't know if there's a hotter market out there than the Kyle Pitts market. I, yeah, it's it's crazy. But that's why I like bringing up that tight end one tier is because it's... And honestly, the ones after that, I don't care where you have them. You could have Hawkinson next. You could have Fant. You could have Goddard. I really don't care. But those top four are just so fun to talk about. Yeah, they are. And it really comes down to just your philosophy and mm -hmm. you know again in two years it's like the adams and cd lamb in two years people might be sitting here thinking oh i, I had the chance i got that offer pits for kelsey and but I you probably won a championship with kelsey this season so it kind of made up for it especially if you're in one of the tight end premium leagues mm -hmm. yeah and it's just finding that balance and that's why putting these tiers together or or just rankings in general but trying to find that balance and walk that line between risk safety productivity and production versus market value. And I think it's just a, such a, an intriguing dynamic when looking at the dynasty landscape, there is a, there's a lot going on there. So I, I think, is there anything else that, that stands up to you? Anything? I think we covered it pretty well on the tiers and everything processes, overall thoughts on the tiers versus individual rankings, uh, discrepancies, any, anything you can think of? I think we covered just about all of it. The one thing is, if you're going to do tears, plan on spending a lot of time doing it. Like 
at least once every two weeks to update it. And it takes a few hours to go through it all. Especially as we get closer to training camp, you're going to see players move up and down and up and down. But you kind of have to do it if it's good info that we're getting. Really quick. Here, you know what? Final thoughts. My final thought is a question. Okay. So I am going to sit here from scratch and start my dynasty tiers. Mm-hmm. It is very overwhelming when you think about ranking and projecting 250, 300 players. Very overwhelming. What, what, what tip do you have? Like, not, not, oh, well, this is how I view position. Just pen to paper, fingers to keyboard. What is the first tip for somebody? Like, what helped you make it easier for you to get started? So I'll answer the second question last, but I would honestly say just hit up John or me and you could just copy ours and then you could change it on your own. But if you want to start from scratch and you want to do it yourself, go, what I did is I went to um, DLF's ADP and I just took down all the players on the ADP they had listed. And then I put them in quarterback sections and running back sections, wide receiver sections. And then I just moved them up and down based off that. And then that probably took a long time. I mean, I spent months moving it up and down because that's the bad thing is you look at ADP, but ADP doesn't help you very much when it comes to tiers because that's just other people's preferences. And it's not an exact science when it comes down to it. Don't get me started on ADPs. I know, man. I know. It only takes one person out of 12 to jack up an ADP. Yep. It only takes one person. But I I think that's a good tip and something else. Again, if you think about 40 quarterbacks, I'm going to put them in tiers. That's that's a lot to, you know. Wait till you do wide receivers. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Wide receivers are horrible. you, You start a quarterback. The easiest thing for me was just going one play, not even looking at the list, just one player, player A versus player B. How do I view them? Mm-hmm. Okay, I would add to this player to get at this player. Okay, I I separated them into two right there. Now I pull another player in, top player. Yep, still would add to him. That's a good way to do Second it. Second yeah. one. Oh no, they're cl- and so as opposed to looking at everything, that was a way because just by listening to Dynasty Theory, interacting with me on Twitter, a lot of people won't know this but I have a little bit of anxiety and I get a little high strung again. I don't think people would know that if I didn't mention it, but looking at that, I'm like, Holy crap. Like I I would have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. It can be very overwhelming. So I think that's a good way. Just isolate it. One, two players get maybe throw a third player in. Okay. Now my fourth players. And so that's the way, way I see it. Anyway, final five. I got to get my little clicker over here. There we go. Nope. Another one. No, 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 just my, Oh, all right. There, there we go. All right. So, Mitch, I asked you the question, but do you have any additional final thoughts so, for our listeners? I actually changed mine based off something that you said that I thought was very good. Um, when you're looking at wide receiver values, keep in mind how often they will fluctuate. We, you know, we love them for dynasty because they hold their value. But you brought up how Kittle held his value. Look at Saquon Barkley. Um, CMC was injured for most of last year, and he is still the running back one. Yep. You look at any wide receiver that was injured last year. I mean, Michael Thomas was pretty good last year and now he's death. I mean, he's like wide receiver 10. And so just one little injury because we know how replaceable it is and we can't replace tight ends. We can't replace running backs, quarterbacks at the higher end are even really hard to replace. 
But with those wide receivers, you just got to be careful. If someone like, if one of the young wide receivers, I won't even mention the name, if one of them gets injured, they're going to drop and they're not going to drop a little. They're going to drop a lot. Not an in, well, kind of an injury at times, but think about Jalen Rager, mm-hmm. where he was the hype. But again, that goes to the philosophy of if a player completely bombs in their rookie year, what are the chances and the odds and trade for him later? Right. But do they ever <laughs> even regain not value, but can we expect production there? So that's a different conversation, but uh, another philosophy oriented episode. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're not in the discord, you want to join the discord, reach out to us. We'll hook you up with the link. Most of these topics, they come from people in the discord. Hey, talk about this. Okay, mm-hmm. great. We will. So it makes it easy on me, makes it easy on Mitch and Dan. Throw topics at us. We'll we'll talk about it more than happy to. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Man, Dan is at the beach. I can't believe he's coming. I'm, I'm bitter. Terrible. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you later. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>